Practical wisdom from the first leader of the Christian Church in Jerusalem. Join me, Pastor Hook, as we study James and how to put our faith into action. We are going to move into our topic today, which is from the book of James. We're going to look at the book of James, chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. And before we actually look at the scripture, I just want to say that this is probably some of the best advice you can probably hear from the scriptures. It is a great thing that we're going to look at today. So why don't we just go ahead and uh, get into it and take a look at it. Uh, we're going to look at James chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. And it goes like this. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So this is a, a scripture talking about, this is good advice talking about wisdom. Now, what is wisdom? Wisdom is different from knowledge, right? Knowledge is expertise. Uh, knowledge is education. Knowledge is information. Wisdom is experience and foresight and judgment. Uh, wisdom is taking knowledge and putting it into action. That's basically what wisdom is. And... Um, I find it fascinating that 2,000 years ago they were talking about wisdom because we always want to know what is the best path forward in life, right? We always want, if we're going to make a decision, a major decision, we want to have really good wisdom in making that decision. And the fact is that once you receive, you know, once you're, you know, mature adult, you know, 15, 16, 18 years old or whatever that is, um, by that time, you should be uh, able to make, we almost expect that you're able to make decisions for yourself, right? It is rare for the person who kind of goes through mature, you know, puberty and gets into adulthood and looks to other people to make their own decisions. By the time you, by the time you become an adult, all these, all this decision-making process is on you and nobody can make the decision. What's the legal age today? I guess it's 18 now is the legal age to make a decision. By the time you reach 18, you should be able to make all the decisions that you need to make in life. Now, obviously, if you work for somebody, they're going to make some decisions for you. Uh, if you live in a society, the society is going to make some decisions for you. There's going to be some limitations on the decisions you can make. But all the day-to-day -day decisions that you have in life, those are all yours to make. And... Praise God for that, right? You don't want, when you get to the age of 18, you don't want people making decisions for you. You want the ability to have that freedom to make your own decisions. But the problem is now you have the freedom to make your own decisions. So you better be making some pretty good decisions uh, because if you make bad decisions, it can go horribly wrong for you. So the whole idea, like raising children, is to get to the point where that by the age of you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, they're pretty much independent and can be making their own good decisions. Obviously, if they're in your house, you have some rules and you know, limitations as to what you want them to do, uh, it, just like society or you know, the government or whatever. But 
by the time, you know, I would say by the time about 15, 16, my prayer is, is that by then you've given your children the tools necessary to make good decisions in life. And we all want to make good decisions in life. So what does James say? Um, well, before we say that, where, what are the sources to make good decisions in life? Well, the first source is, is education and information, right? Knowledge. Knowledge is a great way to, to prepare yourself to make good decisions in life. But knowledge isn't everything. Matter of fact, knowledge is only half the battle. The other half of the battle is wisdom. Wisdom is taking all the knowledge and information that you have, all the expertise, all the, you know, because right now, right, knowledge is everywhere. There is so much knowledge available on the internet that you will not have to struggle very hard to find knowledge. You might have to struggle to figure out who's telling you the truth, who's got a political agenda, who's got an agenda to, you know, to grease their own skin, right? But if you want to take that knowledge and then use it, uh, then you need wisdom. And wisdom is in short supply these days, if you ask me. Wisdom is hard. Um, to be able to take information and use it wisely uh, is a very, very good practice. And it's interesting that right here in James, you know, right right after he you know started talking about what we talked about before which is um you know basically uh you know when trials and tribulations come into life you know count it all good the next thing that james talks about is wisdom like this is an important thing in life and wisdom is an important thing in life because you can have all the knowledge in the world but if you don't have wisdom what use is it now, I'm reminded of the story of King Solomon, who God said, you can have anything you want, right? And what does King Solomon, he could have asked for riches, he could have asked for poverty, he could have asked for long, or not poverty, he could have asked for uh, power, he could have asked for long life. What does, what does Solomon ask for but wisdom? And because he asked for wisdom, God granted him everything. It's like if you have wisdom, then everything else in life will fall into place because wisdom is that important. It's almost like that old saying that if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day, but if you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Well, the same thing could be true. You know, if you give people answers to all the questions, give them all the knowledge, this is what you do, 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 do. You know, they'll learn to, to do certain things, but they will encounter situations in life that they haven't encountered before. And when that happens, they need to have wisdom to take the knowledge and put it into practice. That's what wisdom is, taking knowledge and putting it into practice. And nobody can do this but you. And so you have to learn where are the sources of wisdom? Well, there's a couple sources from wisdom, right? I mean, first of all, the greatest source of wisdom is the Bible itself. The stories of that are in, contained in Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, the stories of Jesus, what he did, the people that he encountered, what they did, what the disciples did, um, what Paul recommended to people when he wrote to churches, the Old Testament, the prophets, the stories uh, contained in the, you know, in the Old Testament. The, all those stories give examples of people of how they live their life and their stories it provide an incredible amount of wisdom there. 
now I know what you, a lot of people look and say, ah, that's Old Testament. You know, that's that's that none of those stories can apply to what we're doing today, right? We have so much different world today that the Old Testament people are just old fuddy-duddies and they have no nothing to tell us at all. Because now we have all this information. It's available on the internet. I'm not going to let the internet tell me everything that I need to know, you know, I need to do in life. My friends, that is very dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. The stories contained in the Bible are there for a reason. These old stories that have been with us for, for 6,000, 5,000 years, you know, the story of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the story of their encounter with God, their story of how they lived their life, the story of the things that were important to them. All this stuff helps influence, it provides wisdom for our decisions in life. Don't throw away a book because it's 6,000 years old, my friends. That's, that's snobbery, basically. To be able to say, well, there's no wisdom contained in that book. It's too old. My goodness. No, uh, the older the book it is, the deeper the wisdom is contained in those books and those stories. Because they didn't have knowledge. They had limited rudimentary knowledge. And so they took the little knowledge that they had and they supplemented that knowledge with wisdom. Now we have all the knowledge, but we have no wisdom. The source of wisdom are the stories contained in the Bible, the old stories, the, the things that last a long time. These stories have lasted for thousands of years for a reason. If they weren't important, we would have jettisoned them. But they provide wisdom for us. These stories influence how we can make decisions. And so we shouldn't jettison these stories. Um, they're powerful stories. It's like, uh, you know, uh, what do people struggle with? They struggle with what job should I take? Or what career should I, or should I, who should I, who should I marry? Or should I get married? Well, the Bible has some powerful stories about people who got married what their life looked like, what were the blessings from that marriage, what, you know, those sort of things are all contained in Scripture. And it's pretty clear from Scripture that marriage, you know, that, that having children was a blessing from God that provided deeper joy. And, and um, I tell this to people all the time, uh, that in my own life, my ch I have done a lot of great things in my life. I mean, I've gotten an education, you know, jobs, and, you know, I've prepared some, you know, I've been creative and done some creative stuff. I, I have a great family. The greatest joys that I've ever experienced in my life are the joys of my, of my wife and my children and my family, like, like having children, like um, Go, go, my wife and I coming together and creating new life and then having the responsibility and the joy of raising that life and then watching that life grow in their knowledge and their wisdom and then they go on and they get married and they have their own children. I mean, that is, I know that it sounds crazy, but that, jo that joy of having those children has been the greatest joy of my life. It's, when, when we talk about how mankind was created in the image of God, I think that the fact that we get to create life 
and then direct that life. And I mean, how much closer to God can you get than the ability to create life and then raise that life and then then release that life out into the world so that they can do the same thing? I mean, that is that is about as close as you can get to God. And the Bible tells you that. Now, the world today says, no, nah, you don't have to get married. You don't have to have children. Um, all the joy you'll ever find, you know, is is contained in other things. And yet there's deep wisdom in scripture about that. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to have children. Some people, God actually calls and says, you are not going to have children. They're either barren and they can't have children or they are they they spend time with God in scripture and they know that God wants in their life and they decide that they're not going to have children. So I'm not saying that having children not having children is bad. Please don't misunderstand me. But I'm saying for me in my life and what God created me, having children is probably one of the greatest joys I've ever had in my life. I mean, I'd do it again all over again if I could. Um Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of struggle in there, too. <laughs> oh, my wife and I look at each other and we're like, glad we're done with that. <laughs> we look at our grandchildren and it's like, yep, we went through that. I'm glad we're done with that. <laughs> uh, but it was, it is a great joy. And each day, it's it you know, more joyous to see your grandchildren, all that sort of thing. So the scriptures is a great place to go for wisdom. The stories of scripture is a great place for wisdom. Other people... Other strong, mature Christians is another great source of wisdom. You know, find someone who's who's gone through the struggles of life. Uh, we we know this because um, we know there are people who uh, have been executives or have been you know have started a business or started a church or you know whatever industry you're in you know and. And they, then we have conferences and they come and they present their information, all that sort of thing. It's not just information that they're presenting. Oftentimes they're presenting wisdom. Like I was, I encountered this situation. Here's the knowledge, but here's what I did and here's what happened. And we have that now too. I mean, we have that ability to bring people together and, and figure out, you know, what that wisdom, that collective wisdom is. So go to scripture for wisdom. It's a primary source for wisdom. Uh, go to other people that are older that have gone through this before you have and ask their advice and listen to them and either take their advice or don't take their advice. Remember, these decisions are, all, I mean, once you're over you know, a certain age, these decisions are all yours. You're gonna have to make these decisions. Nobody else can make these decisions for you. Um, but there's another source of wisdom. And, and that's what, really what James is talking about. If you, act, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. So another place and a source for wisdom, besides all the knowledge that we have, besides other people that we're connected with, um, is to ask God directly. Now, this is interesting. Because, I mean, the question is, if you ask God, what should I do? Let's say you're, I mean, big, deepest decision. Who should I marry in my life, right? That is a lifelong decision that's going to, you know, last a long, long time in your life, probably for the rest of your life. Um, who should I marry? Whom should I marry? Um, that is a decision that you can ask and get knowledge and all that sort of thing. But at some point, you have to make the decision yourself. And 
Definitely. These are decisions. James says, ask God about these decisions. Go to God in prayer. Spend the time in prayer. Spend the time uh, reading scripture, but spending time in prayer asking God, is this, the, is this the decision I should make? And James says, you should do this. You should ask God because he will give generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to you. When you go to God, I mean, this sounds crazy, but the older you get, the more you realize this is so true. When you go to God and ask for wisdom in these areas and you pray and you struggle, God will give you urges. He'll give you whispers. He'll give you these are the... You know, it's the collective knowledge of everything that you know and all the people and you've talked to everybody. Now you have to make a decision. God will help you in that decision. He will. It's what it says here in James. Now, it may take a long time. And if you're like me, you're a five, you may want to collect a lot of information before you make a decision. But God will be with you in that decision. And when he gives you that decision, this is so important too. Let's even look at it again. He says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. In other words, what James is saying is, you know, collect all the information, collect all the knowledge, all that. Seek God, seek, you know, other examples. But then when you make a decision, don't go back, which is so good advice. Because you can't constantly be second guessing the decisions you've made in life. If you're constantly second guessing, did I make the right decisions? Is this the right thing? Blah, 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 blah. You don't have to. If you went to God and you asked for his wisdom in making the decision and then you made the decision, don't go back. <laughs> don't. You can live in the past a lot and it can destroy you. Did I make the wrong? I mean, there are a lot of people that go back and say, man, I made the wrong decision. No, you did not make the wrong decision. If you ask God, he will give you the right decision or he will influence your decision. You still have to make the decision. You have free will, but he will influence. He'll give you wisdom. But then when you make a decision, don't go back. Don't second guess yourself. You can spend 90% of your, in, you know, of your energy going back and looking at the past. Don't do that. Once you make a decision, know that he has helped you with that decision, that God's grace will be with you moving forward. He's going to help you with the battles of life. He's already won the war in your life. Uh, move forward. Look forward. These are the decisions that have been made. All right. Now, what are the next decisions to be made? Don't, don't live in the past. That will destroy you. Um, man, that is so good advice. Did I marry the right person? How many people do you know that struggle with that decision? Um, don't struggle with that decision. You married the, you can struggle with that person if you didn't ask God for his wisdom. Okay. I mean, if you're going to marry someone, my recommendation to you is that you spend time in prayer asking God, is this the person I should marry? All right. I, I highly recommend that at a minimum, take all the information, take all the knowledge, take all that. But then eventually you have to make a decision. Uh, God is with you in that. If you've asked God, He's with you in that decision he, because he promises it here in James, right? I mean, there's no question about it. Then move forward, right? Just live with the decisions that if you, 
If you ask God and you marry, you know, a person or whatever decision you're making, then God was with the the, the future is still unknown, and the and the impact of those decisions are still unknown. But don't go back and say, "Did I make the wrong decision?" God was with you in that decision. Some of us made horrible decisions in life. Like um, this has nothing to do with marriage, but some people, like in prison, made horrible decisions in life. They didn't even ask God; they just did it. I've met them. I've been to, to these prison ministries where I've talked to these guys. They've made horrible decisions in life. And yet, in that prison ministry, they find a relationship with Jesus. And now they want to live their life for Jesus. Well, if you're going to live your life for Jesus moving forward, what does it matter what the past is? God can forgive the past. It's like, yeah, but it, it, it impacts everything that I have in this world. I am going to spend the rest of my life in prison because of a decision I made when I was in my 20s. Yeah, you will. Okay. But you still have your future to look forward to. And this prison ministry helps create churches in prison. And some of these people who lead the church in prison are lifetime prisoners. They're never going to get out, which means they probably did something pretty bad. Some of them are some of the most amazing leaders for God's church in this world. I know it sounds crazy, crazy, but they have this wisdom and they have this joy because, you know, even though they're in prison, they feel like they were free. And when they were free, they were imprisoned by the situations, you know, that were around them, the things that they did, the, the all that sort of thing. And I mean, it's just the most amazing thing. Absolutely one of the most amazing things to be involved in prison ministry. So God is able to take whatever decisions you made and he's able to use them for good, right? Uh, all things work for good for those who love God who are called according to his purpose. So he can take anything in the past and he can make it good, right? He can, he can renew it. He can transform it. He can use your past to give you incredible wisdom for the future and incredible wisdom for other people for the future. You can, you can share the bad mistakes that you made and why they were so bad mistakes, you can share that with other people and say, please don't make this mistake. Listen to me. This is what I did and this is what happened when I did this decision. Boy, that's knowledge. But they have the free will themselves to make bad mistakes if they want to. Um, so that's what James says here in chapter, you know, chapter one, verses five through seven. That person shouldn't, if you don't ask right? Don't, don't expect to receive anything from God. But if you ask, if you want God in your life and you ask him for decisions, he'll help you in making those decisions. He'll help you with wisdom. Um, get as much knowledge and information from, you know, the internet or from whatever sources, but do not leave out sources like mature Christians, um, Bible stories, examples from from the historic Christian faith, right? Examples from Paul and Jesus and all of this stuff. Don't ignore that stuff. Find out as much as you can. Like if you're gonna get make a decision, what does the Bible say about other people that made the decision? Go in and look and get all that knowledge. But then, and that's wisdom, but then pray to God. Pray, spend time with God in prayer and silence and solitude and ask him to help you with that decision. And he will. And then once you've made the decision, don't go back, right? Know that God is with you. He's helped you make that decision. There will be consequences, good and bad, from the decisions that you make. 
And God will be with you in those consequences. And you might have to make other decisions and ask for more wisdom in the future. That's life. That's growing in our faith. That's, that's what life's all about. Um, but don't, don't second-guess God. Don't second-guess yourself. It's not healthy. This is what James says. Move forward. Make a decision, right? Collect all the information. Make a decision. Boom. Move forward with the decision you made. Don't look back. God's with you. Man, that's good advice. I wish I could tell that to every person in the world today, right? Seek out good information. Seek out God. Make good decisions, you know, because you've gotten good information. You've seeked out God. You've sought out God. And then move forward. And you mean you go back and look at the past and say, oh, that was a bad decision, all that. I mean, you can certainly do that, but don't second guess your decisions. Because if you ask God, he is with you. He will help you and he will always help you because he loves you, because we're in the kingdom. All right. I think we'll end it there. Uh, why don't you join me in prayer? Gracious God, thank you for uh, always being there when we need you to helping inform our decisions. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom. Thank you for your scripture. Thank you for other Christians. Uh, be with us until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen.